Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the NBA Podcast. We are about 10 hours away from free agency starting, so today we are going to preview the Western Conference, all 15 teams. We're also going to have some reaction to the big Chris Paul trade from Wednesday and talk about Phil Jackson's tenure as New York Knicks president, which also came to an end Wednesday. Uh, Before we get underway, just a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at Pod. In our bio, you can find all three of our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We love any feedback. And you can find us this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter, at FanRag Sports, and for their NBA content, at FanRagNBA. They will be pumping out a lot of content over the coming weeks with free agency, summer league, who knows what other big trades are being worked up, so check out FanRag Sports at FanRag Sports on Twitter. Uh, today, as always, I'm being joined by more... Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Martin Jensen, how's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian. It's Friday, so it can't be bad. I like that logic. Um... <laughs> Our third co-host, Sarah Chalea, is busy working, so she could not join us today. Uh, in her place, we have assistant editor of FanRag Sports NBA section, Kelly Scaletta. Kelly, how's it going? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Uh, before we get underway, could you let our listeners know where they can find you on Twitter and where they can find your work? I'm at Kelly Scaletta. That uh, is my Twitter handle. And you can find my work on FanRag and on Bleacher Report and occasionally with uh, B-Ball Breakdown. Great. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we actually, you know, we thought we had asked you to come on, uh, or we were planning on asking you to come on uh, before Wednesday's big trade happened. But then you've covered the Rockets for Bleacher Report for a couple of years now, so we figured you're even more perfect now that Chris Paul is going to be a Houston Rocket. So out of nowhere on Wednesday... Uh, the Rockets acquired Chris Paul. They did some cap magic. They acquired a bunch of non-guaranteed contracts to make the cap math work. But the big pieces they're sending out are Lou Williams, Sam Decker, Pat Beverly, Montrezl Harrell, 
and a top three protected 2018 first round pick. They also threw in a bunch of other random players just for cap fodder. So, Kelly, the big I'd question is... find the person that just by memory can name all the <laughs> relevant players that got included in that deal. Yeah, I, I know Kyle Wilter and uh, Tim Quarterman did not. I think Darren Hilliard did not. Uh, DeAndre Liggins. DeAndre Liggins did, yep. And I know Sean Long did not, but they, the Rockets acquired him as well. Uh, might I know He's not half the man he used to be. Oh, God. Yeah, by the way, listeners, <laughs> Kelly is known for some truly awful dad puns, so get used to that today. Yeah, they're, they're going to come. But, Kelly, the big question for Houston now, you know, is the too many cooks in the kitchen problem. So, James Harden last year... They moved him to the full-time ball handler. He put up career-best numbers, finished second in MVP. Chris Paul is a very do- ball-dominant point guard as well. So it's the question of, can you have two ball-dominant guards playing in the same backcourt? How concerned are you about the fit with CP3 and Harden, or do you think this is going to work? Oh, I absolutely 100% think it's going to work. I have zero qualms about it. Um, I just I looked up some uh, numbers on this, because uh, I was anticipating this this question. Uh, on catch and shoots, uh, Chris Paul's three-point percentage was 50% last year. Um, on catch and shoots, James Harden's uh, three-point percentage was 389 last year. Wow. And both of those could probably actually come up if uh, they're playing together because, you know, they're both going to be drawing more defensive attention away from the other one. You know, whoever has the ball is going to be drawing more defensive attention. So they're They're going to get a little more open looks than they normally would. Mm. So if, if these were ball dominant guys, they couldn't shoot. If this was combining, you know, Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade, <laughs> mm-hmm. then I could see, you know, it being an issue, but both of these guys, just because they don't play off the ball, because they're such good ball handlers, doesn't mean they can't play off the ball. And I think sometimes we get into this trap of looking at how players do play versus how they can play. Mm. And uh, both are, nobody's ever questioned the basketball IQ of either one of these guys. Uh, They both have shooting ability. They can both uh, run around and get open without the ball. And, you know, um, and it's not like Mike D'Antoni is this offensively challenged coach either. That's he's probably laughing as he's drawing up plays to figure <laughs> right. out how to incorporate these two guys together. I mean, like if there was one guy you could put into this offense that could make it maybe run even better than James Harden, it's pairing Chris Paul and Mike D'Antoni is almost like a joke. Right. Like, like it's just like. Who could do it better than Steve Nash is, you know, like that's the one guy because he can also play defense. I just, I I think that this is like when people were wondering about can Kevin Durant coexist with Stephen Curry. 
mm-hmm. type problems, you know, where it's like you have to talk about something and you kind of have to throw the counterweight to it. But I have zero concerns about this. I, I, I think that they are going to mesh together really well. They have meshed together well when they played, you know, together for Team USA. And of course, you know, like the defenses there are not quite the same caliber as the NBA defenses. But I think it's going to work really, really well. And, you know, if either one of them couldn't shoot, I could see the questions about it, but they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, the one, you know, there is concern that we've all seen the, you know, number of touches per game and both were in like the top seven or eight. So, yeah, they're going to both have a reduction in touches. Their assist numbers each might go down slightly. But as you said, Kelly, they could both shoot. Also, it means you're go. I mean, James... Uh, Mike D'Antoni is going to stagger their minutes, presumably. So you're going to have either James Harden or Chris Paul on the floor for all 48 minutes. So, you know, any fall off they had when Harden went to the bench last year is now, now you have Chris Paul running the second unit or now, you you know, now you have James Harden running the second unit. Like it's a, I think the pros outweigh the cons here, as long as both guys are amenable to actually making the sacrifice. And, the fact that, you know, Harden reportedly, like, really wanted to play with Chris Paul, like, reached out to Chris Paul, really tried to recruit him, um, you know, told Mike D'Antoni, like, I want more help as a ball handler. Like, you know, I yeah, I think it's a, it, it has the potential to be a very explosive combination in a good way. Um, yeah. Boy, I think I wanna... That's a good point, because it's like, this is not like, I think there's the fear, like, the Ty Lawson experiment was such a failure. Mm-hmm. But Chris Paul is not Ty Lawson. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. Um, Mort, I want to ask you about the Clippers side of things, because you reached out to me on Twitter when this trade went down, and you were saying, you know, is this return comparable to what the Bulls got for Jimmy Butler? So how do you feel... <laughs> It seems like you think the Clippers did very well in this trade. Well, for for you know acquiring something from a guy who was going to walk anyway, this is a fantastic return. Like Montrezl Harrell, he's a player. I mean, he's mm-hmm. not like a mere throw-in. Patrick Beverly, one of the best 3 and D, if not the best 3 and D point guard in the league when it comes to being a specialty player. This is a great return for the Clippers. Like, Paul was going to walk some way, somehow, anyway. So, yeah, I I am fully in love with this from both sides. I mean, you know, Houston got their secondary superstar, and the Clippers got a great foundation to to build on something. You know, if they decide to rebuild, they have some some young guys there, who and they have some trade chips. I love what they did. Yeah, and we should note, I mean, Lou Williams is on an expiring contract. Pat Beverly has one of the best contracts in the league. So, you know, depending on what happens with the Clippers and free agency, as we'll talk about in a little bit, you know, if they go in on a all-in rebuild, like Lou and Pat Bev are both flippable contracts. Neither one of those is a Mozgovian contract where you have to attach an asset just to get rid of it. So they could flip either of those guys for more young players or picks. Like the Clippers... They did well, as you said, Mort. The guy was going to walk in free agency for nothing. Uh, kudos to him for opting in and you know giving them a chance to recoup some value. And um, Sam Decker. I forgot Sam Decker. Yeah. Who, you know, he, he played well last year. He was a big yeah. loss when he got hurt toward the end of the year. 
Um, all right, so that's a perfect place for us to say right into our free agency preview for all the Western Conference teams. Just like a Tuesday's Eastern Conference preview, we're going to try to spend about five minutes per team. Some will be longer, the ones that have really interesting decisions. Some that are capped out will be shorter. Again, if you have a problem with how little time we speak about your favorite team, blame your front office for putting you in cap purgatory. <laughs> so let's start Let's start with the Rockets, Kelly. Their only notable free agent is Nene. Um, and when I'm going to bring up the cap space, the maximum amount of cap space each team can carve out. All of these figures are coming from Mark Deeks uh, of Sham Sports, who released a 300-page massive off-season preview the other day. All of you should check that out, consult it a lot over the coming days. It's very useful. Um, but the Rockets, according to Deeks, have up to $9.7 million in cap space. It seems like they're going to operate as a team over the cap so they can keep the not uh, the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, biannual exception, etc. So, Kelly, the big question with the Rockets is what's next after they acquired CP3? It sounds like they're trying to go after Paul George in a trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think they have the assets to pull that off? No, but not having the assets has never stopped Daryl Morey from doing things before. <laughs> True. Uh, he's such a I mean, did you really think that he had the assets to pull off a Chris Paul trade? No. Yeah. You know, sure I, didn't. I, I mean, like, that just, everybody's like, what the? You know, like, like just, I was stunned by that news. Like, nobody even saw it coming. So, uh, I don't think he has the assets, but I don't think that precludes it from happening. Mm. Um, you know, we talked talked briefly about the uh, the Jimmy Butler trade mm-hmm. and the limited return he got on that. And and you know, I just like I think about the um, the return for Boogie. Mm-hmm. That that was a pretty limited return based on previous previous trades, uh, like the Darren Williams return, for instance. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, the Kevin Love return. You know, similar statured superstars were getting, like, just loads of assets. Now it's it just seems limited, and I don't know if that's in, in part because a lot of the times the teams that traded away their assets didn't end up doing very well. Or, I'm sorry, the teams that traded for, for the big superstar, oh, right? Mm-hmm, didn't yeah. Going well. mm-hmm. Like, you know, the Knicks after Anthony or, 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 or the Nets after getting Williams. You know, like it, those trades didn't pay off. I think that kind of lowered the market a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think winning now is not something a lot of teams are equipped. I don't think a lot of teams are a player away. Right. So, you know, and, and even fewer of those teams have real assets to do something. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then like the one team that's maybe should be trying to do something, the Celtics, you know, Ainge is like, all hyper protective of his assets. Like, <laughs> right. God forbid I try and do something. So the, the, all those things have just kind of lowered the market. So getting back to, to 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 the Paul George and the Rockets thing is that something that could help Maury actually pull this thing off? Mm-hmm. If you look at what 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 the Bulls got for Butler, it's like all of a sudden it's it's realistically doable. Just because, you know, like maybe something revolving around Capella and Ariza, just throwing that out there, mm-hmm. that would have been like completely unreasonable a year ago, suddenly doesn't sound as unrealistic. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, as you said, uh, you know, the the Celtics, based on reports, I think from Mark Murphy of the Boston Globe or Boston Herald, one of the Boston papers, it sounds like uh, the Pacers are trying to get both the Nets pick next year and the Lakers Kings pick that the Celtics got from Philly and the Markel Fultz deal. The Celtics are saying no to either. Uh, Zach Lowe reported today that they're also they're not those aren't on the table. I think he said Jalen Brown's on the table and Jason Tatum's not on the table. So if yeah. you're you know if you're going from that you know the Laker like the Lakers' best offer from what we've heard was Jordan Clarkson, Julius Randle, who's going to be a restricted free agent next year, and then before the draft it was two their two late first rounders. Now it's I mean, those are now players, so Kyle Kuzma and uh, Josh Hart. So, like, yeah, compared to those guys, you know, Houston's offer isn't necessarily as ridiculous, right? Like, if if Boston was willing to be like, all right, yeah, screw it, we'll throw the Nets pick in there, Boston can trump anything. Or if the Lakers (laughs) were like, yeah, we'll include Brandon Ingram, the Lakers can trump anything. But as you said, right now the market for Paul George is not as robust as you would expect for a superstar you know, part of that is because he's going to be a free agent next year. He very much wants to go to the Lakers. Less than what I mean. Either, now, the idea of Garpax being stupid is not <laughs> right. a, an entirely foreign idea, but you have to believe they at least talked to the Celtics about Butler before they traded him. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it, and it's hard to believe the Celtics would give the Pacers more for the Pacers than they would have offered for for Jimmy Butler, if nothing right. else, just because Butler has an extra year on his contract and they're, they're roughly equal players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're at least in the same, in the same level. So uh, yeah, I, I just wonder that if that contract or, or, or the idea of, uh, everybody's afraid to pull the trigger on George because he's going to leave a year from now. But, you know, if Houston trades him, maybe they're not as concerned about it. Mm-hmm. If, if he's joining Chris Paul and James Harden, where is he going to go to a better situation? Is he going to leave that to go, you know, tread water in the toilet with the Lakers? You know, I, <laughs> right. That, right. so, so, so they, they'd feel like, yeah, we, they'd feel confident. We can convince him to stay. So anyway, yeah. I, don't, I think there's a possibility. Yeah, and I think it was Sam Amick who, who's been all over this Paul George stuff for months now. Uh, but he reported, you know, Paul George is like, yeah, he's angling to go to the Lakers, but if he lands on the Celtics, the Spurs, the Rockets, a contender, a team that's ready to win right now, like, yeah, there's a chance that he would resign with them and the Lakers could miss out. So that might drive some urgency on the Lakers' end. Like, maybe they realize, like... Our whole plan in 2018 was to sign Paul George and another superstar. But if Paul George isn't coming, we just traded D'Angelo Russell for Blake or Brooke Lopez's expiring contract. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the Paul George market materializes over the coming days. Uh, a lot on Boston's end will depend on Gordon Hayward, it sounds like, which we'll talk about when we get to Utah. Um, more So assuming that the Rockets do keep the mid-level exception, the biannual exception, who would you like to see them go after with those two? Uh, they went, you know, they got Nene on the cheap last year. So uh, do you think ring-chasing veterans are going to come, sign for cheap, and uh, try to team up with Chris Paul and James Harden? 
I wouldn't be surprised. I would go after CJ Miles with the mid-level exception. I think he would be mm-hmm. really good in that system. He's a shooter. He's still somewhat athletic. Even though he's got like a lot of miles on him, he's still young. So I kind of like the fit there. You made a point. Yeah. And um, <laughs> in terms of the, the, the lower level exception, like, I don't know. Is that a three million? Um, it, yeah, somewhere around there. I don't know the exact amount offhand. Yeah, so in in the three million area, like what what can you really get in this market today? That's a game changer. Not really. I Seth mean, Curry last year. Well, yeah, obviously last year for some reason it <laughs> made no sense. I, if if they had if they got another Seth Curry in there, Jesus, I mean that was just ridiculous by then. I mean, look, Seth Curry two years six million, <laughs> John Rondo two years twenty eight million. <laughs> yeah. Look, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not sure. It I do think they sh- they would need another big like Kelly. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Montressel Harrell he just inserted so much energy last year for the Rockets. Like he was a lob threat. He ran the floor. He was like this energy player. With him being yeah. traded now, it feels as though, at least to me, that when I watch when I look at that roster, they need someone who can insert himself emotionally into a ball game. Yeah, he was he was good for that. Um, yeah, the emotional part, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Um, somebody that can bring in that kind of energy off the mm-hmm. bench. Um, yeah, yeah, they, they could use somebody to do that. Um, huh. Made you think there. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know who they, they, they can probably. They, those guys exist. They do. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if they exist for that kind of money. <laughs> right. Um, and one guy that they might want to try and bring in with the mid-level exception that could do that is Taj Gibson. Oh, Ooh. good one. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good one. I had I had yeah. him pegged mm. to the Wolves. Well, I mean, and we'll talk about the T Wolves later on. But I could definitely see him tear something up in Houston. Like he would, he would be amazing there. A defensive upgrade. He's still a good scorer. I mean, can play around the rim. I would, I would dig Tosh in Houston. Yeah, he could probably enjoy playing with Chris Paul and, and James Harden with the way they throw out those lobs. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Um, okay, let's move on to the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, they have. Surprisingly, a bunch of free agents now because Paul Pau Gasol and David Lee both declined their player option. Uh, Manon Ginobili is a free agent, as Morton will often joke. Who knows if he's actually coming back? Uh, Patty Mills, Dwayne Dedman are both unrestricted as well. Jonathan Simmons is restricted. They have up to $20.7 million in cap space. Um, it, it seems like they're up to something, right, Mort? Like, Powell and Lee both opted out. Both of those decisions came as a surprise. So who do you think they're going after as their big fish? George Hill. Mm-hmm. Mm. Look, it, it, we all know why. Pop loves him. When he gave him up for Kawhi back in 2011, he was heartbroken. Like th- this mm-hmm. was, and Pop he doesn't really talk about these things, but he spoke at length several times about how hard it was to lose George Hill. Now George Hill is on the market. They could use an upgrade at the point guard position because let's face it, Tony Parker he's bad right now and he's also injured and then you <laughs> right, have Dante Murray. Quad. 
Yeah, but <laughs> I know, but still. And yeah. Deontay Murray is not ready. And you can pluck George in there because he knows the system, he knows Pop, he knows the organization, he knows what's required of him. And the fact is, George Hill at this point of his career can emulate what Tony Parker sort of does in terms of his playing style. He's not a pass-first point guard, nor is Tony Parker. He can get into the lane, and he's actually a better shooter than Tony is, so he'll spread the court more for Kawhi. So when Kawhi has the ball and you know splits pick and rolls or just you know goes around people, he'll suddenly have a guy in the corner who can actually legitimately space the floor for him. I think the fit is obvious, and I think that he's the guy to go for. Like, okay, if you get word back that Kyle Lowry is interested and he's willing to come on for considerably less than what you mm-hmm. might expect, he'll probably be my preferred person to get in there, but... I mean, Troy Chill is like a very, very close second. Yeah, and in Zach Lowe's column today, he noted, you know, the draft and the trade for D'Angelo Russell really complicated things for these big-name point guards. You know, it looked a month ago, it looked like Kyle Lowry was definitely getting the max. It looked like George Hill might get the max. It looked like Drew Holiday was going to get the max. But now Philly, Brooklyn, Dallas, the Knicks possibly all took them. Oh, and Sacramento. You know, they all landed top 10 uh, point guards in the draft, or in Brooklyn's case, they traded for D'Angelo Russell. So suddenly point guard is not as much of a need for those teams. Like maybe they go after a Patty Mills or a Darren Collison or a Ty Lawson or something like a second tier guy, but they're probably not spending $30 million on a 31-year-old point guard. So yeah, like the market may be chillier than expected for, for George Hill. And if Utah... You know, again, depending on what happens with Gordon Hayward, if Utah decides not to bring George Hill back, yeah, the Spurs, he, he would be a hell of a fit there. It would be pretty funny if uh, they traded him for Kawhi and then got him back. Um, but, Kelly, there are some LaMarcus Aldridge trade rumors that percolated before the draft that sounds like they were shopping him for a top-10 pick. Uh, as Morton mentioned Tony Parker is still on the roster. He is coming off of a torn quad, so he's not expected to be ready for the start of the season, it sounds like. So if you're the Spurs, do you consider trying to salary dump either LaMarcus or Tony if you can get, say, a Kyle Lowry? Uh, LaMarcus, yes. Parker, no. I just... With with, with Parker and the, the, the Spurs' whole sense of tradition and everything and that guy has just been such a part of their history Mm -hmm. um and i think that that's part of their allure too is you know they treat their guys right yeah so i I don't see them like dumping parker and i don't see parker ever playing in another uniform but aldridge you know he wasn't he didn't he wasn't raised up by them so possibly him but i'm Mm -hmm. not sure anybody wants that contract right now he just he was right at that. He, his skill set, like all of a sudden, evaporated as a need, like within two years in the NBA. Yeah, like the, it's just it, it, everything changed so fast that mm. guys like that just don't have the value that they used to have. Um, I, I like the idea of George Hill. I'm a little bit concerned that even with the 20.7 million, they don't have enough for Hill. Because mm-hmm. the other side of that is is Dwayne Denman. Mm-hmm. 
who their contract for him, he's only got like a $3 million uh, hold, but that's with like an early bird exception. And so to, to, to keep him, they're going to have to sign him first. Like they can't, like with Jonathan Simmons and uh, uh, who's their other restricted free agent? Oh, no, Patty Mills. Oh, well, yeah. with Patty Mills, they've got the bird rights. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and with Simmons, he's restricted. So they can they can just keep those guys on the hold but and, and then sign them afterwards and go over the cap. Um, it's possible they could do that, sign Hill, and then bring back Denman on the mid-level exception. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, if they can get if they can get Hill, I love that idea. If not, yeah. I'm thinking um, Tyreek Evans might be a nice fit there. Oh, oh wow! Out of left field, I like that. Yeah, it it would carry the Spurs tradition of rehabbing players who you think are bad, and then they go to the Spurs and they turn out to be excellent. So exactly, he's just like the perfect. He's like the next rehab assignment, and he's got skills. Right. <laughs> he fills up a stat. He can yeah. create shots. Can he? And he's not a selfish player. He passes the ball. He's got a good. He's a good rebounder. I think they could, they could, you know, like Boris D out him up real good. Yeah, and you could probably get him for dirt cheap too. I doubt he's commanding much interest on the free agent market. Exactly. Uh, I, I think yeah. he could be a huge value contract for them. Yeah, that's a fun idea. Um, okay, let's move on to the New Orleans Pelicans. They're only big notable free agents. Drew Holiday, obviously, also Dante Cunningham. They have up to thirteen million in space. So, Kelly, it sounds like Drew Holiday is going to meet with the Pelicans at 12.01 a.m. Saturday. Uh, Mark Stein reported today that other suitors are getting the sense that they're going to reach an agreement quickly. So if you're the Pelicans, do you just offer him the five-year max right off the bat? Or are you trying to get some wiggle room? Uh, you know, not enough to insult him and make him take other meetings? Like, how much would you offer, Drew? Uh as as little as it takes to make sure he doesn't offer other meetings. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know, somewhere in the low to mid-20s hopefully would get that done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just you're not going to replace him with $13 million. Right. So it's it's like you're only going to get worse if you don't keep him. So the really essential thing is to keep him. Uh, and if they don't keep him, they're really screwed. Because mm-hmm. they have some, they have some serious issues. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that whole that whole experiment with Boogie and Brown is not working at all. I was looking at some stats for that, and um, like the net rating after the trade with <laughs> both Boogie and Brow, it was plus two. With just Brow, it was plus ten. Mm. With just Boogie, it was like minus eight. Mm. So it was just like there's no way you can look at that and go, oh yeah, the boogie is making them better. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if he failed with two teams, in spite of those big numbers that he puts up, it really makes him harder to trade. So what what was different was when when Drew was on the court with the two of them, they were they were much better mm. because there was there was like a shooter that could. And it's not like Drew is this great bit, you know, he's a he's not a great shooter. He's right. like 38% from deep, but he's just good enough that you have to honor him. Mm-hmm. And then that opens up things inside. But yeah, 
<laughs> you can't have you can't have Boogie being your best three point shooter. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. That's uh, that's no way to win. No, definitely not. More. If you were the Pelicans, would you offer Drew the five year max if he said he's gonna walk if you don't give it to him? Oh, now see there you put an added incentive into it. Um, mm-hmm. Oh God, I would feel really pressured to do so because how do you <laughs> upgrade otherwise? But initially, I look how old is he? Twenty seven? Twenty six? Yeah, twenty seven. I think he's still pretty young. Screw it. I yeah, I'll I'll probably do it and I'll regret it. Yeah, <laughs> but here's the thing though, we we are talking about a lot of guys getting maxed out. Like it was understandable that you know second, third, and even fourth tier players were getting maxed out under the old cap because you knew it was going to climb. But mm-hmm. now we are going to the second year of the increased cap. I uh, you know I I don't think anymore it's going to be as as solid a strategy to just maxing people out. Because yeah. now you're at like the maximum salary level yet that you're gonna be, you're, you know, you, it 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 will level out after this. So guys right. who were max players before shouldn't necessarily get a max now. They should get something that was similar to the old max. So what is that? Mm-hmm. That's like for Drew. You know, Kelly basically said it in the low to mid twenties. Yeah, I, I I would do that. Like if you offer him five years, hundred and ten million mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that's a fine deal and also we should remember something here the pelicans did right by him all year long like his yes. wife had all the issues unfortunately yeah. his the health issues yeah. the, i think it was brain surgery brain and, she was pregnant yeah. and all that and and the pelicans organization they were just class acts all you know throughout the whole process so i yep. think that when they sit down with drew he's gonna let them know you know what i appreciate what you did and I'm not gonna ask for a max, not even close to it. I'm, I'm I want to be here. I feel treated fairly here. I or more mm-hmm. than fairly, I feel treated well. So they're gonna figure something out. Um, I, that is probably my one guy who I'm not <laughs> nervous about leaving if I'm the Pelicans. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And Mark Stein mentioned that as well in his tweet today. He said, you know, during those struggles, they formed a really strong bond. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah. makes yeah, sense. I mean. It, Right, exactly. It, it, the Pelicans, as you said, they did right by him. They let him, they said, like, look, take as much time off of these you need. Come back whenever your family is healthy and you're ready to focus on basketball, which right. is a really admirable thing to do for a guy entering a contract year, making, you know, over $10 million a year. It's, yeah. it's a, it was a big sacrifice on their part. So, yeah, I'm with you more. I, I think Drew resigns there. I'm not worried about that. And I do think he takes. He willingly takes less than the max. I bet they would offer it to him, but I'm sure he knows, you know, Anthony Davis is already on a max. Boogie's probably going to get one next year if they decide to keep this thing going long term. So if he gets maxed out as well, that's going to put them in cap hell very quickly. I'm glad, side note, that you brought up the uh, the difficulties of maxing players right now. I, I've been meeting, I've been kicking something in my head about writing about this in the coming days, but... Yeah, the cap's not going to go up eight percent every year, and that's exactly. what annual—that's what annual raises are in the new CBA. So, the raises are about to start outpacing the growth of the cap, right. and max contracts are about to become extremely prohibitive. So, whereas Which you know, is expiring why contracts should not max Contavious Caldwell Pope as well. Ooh, 
There you go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, you know, expiring contracts kind of lost their value in the last couple of years as the cap exploded, but suddenly they're going to become very valuable again. So it's it's going to be very interesting just overall to see how teams navigate that uncertainty this summer. And speaking of which, we need to go on to the Dallas Mavericks, who have Nerlens Noel as a restricted free agent, you know Dirk Nowitzki. I'm just going to interrupt you, Brian, because I'm yeah. just going to wrap up Drew Holiday by one thing. Because, you know, every okay, season yeah. we always assume the players are going to get the big deals and someone is getting overpaid. And then when someone signs for a good deal, we always go, oh, well, that's nice. So I'm going to say it. I'm going to say Drew is the first guy who's going to sign like a deal where we all go, oh, that's he's underpaid. Yeah, he's going <laughs> like, to sign for five years, 100 million straight up. I like, yeah, and that's like what Evan Fournier did last year, Jordan Clarkson as well, where you're like, oh, that's that's all they got? Really? Yeah, yeah that's a good call. Uh, all right, so let's move on. Nerlens Noel is the Mavericks' big restricted free agent. Dirk, uh, they declined his $25 million team option, but that was just a formality. They're going to resign him to whatever he wants. It was just to free up cap space. Uh, so Mort... You know, we just talked about the complications of matching max deals or maxing out players. Nerlens Noel, if he gets a four-year max offer sheet from, say, the Brooklyn Nets, who now don't have a starting center after they traded Brook Lopez, would you match if yes. you're the Mavericks? Yes, I would, because Noel is a big who just has more influence on the game, defensively speaking. He's mm-hmm. a great defender. He can... You know, block shots. He grabs steals. He positions himself well. He he had some initial you know concerns in regards to how he fit into Dallas, uh, but I think those concerns are all but over now. Like he, when he has mm-hmm. a full training camp under him, he's gonna be fine. He also seems to be developing that little fifteen foot jump shot. So I'm not nervous at all by him. He's he's so young and that defense is outstanding. Um, I'm I'm max I'm matching that. Yeah. Yeah, I also kind of think, as you said with Holiday, a guy who takes less than you would think. I kind of think Nerlens is going to be like that in Dallas too. It wouldn't shock me if he does like five years, ninety million, or something like that. Mm. Again, recognizing, you know, I think pl- players are smart. They realize what happens if you put three true max players together at one time. You can't build around them. It, ha- you know, that's what happened with the Clippers. So I- I'm going to guess that players realize you know five years ago a max contract was like five five years 80 million so i'm still making more than i did five years ago but you know i'm giving my team the needed flexibility like that's how the spurs have stayed the spurs for so long all of their guys bought in took less than what they could have uh and it gave them the option or the ability to build around those guys so wouldn't shock me if nerlands does that kelly the Mavs drafted Dennis Smith Jr. at number nine. Afterward, Mark Cuban declared it the era of Dennis Smith Jr., so it is clear that they are very high on him. Do you think it took them out of the running for a big-name point guard like Lowry, George Hill, Holiday, etc.? Um, let, me, let me address that in a second, because I wanted to just mention about what you were saying about Noel taking less. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to do that when Dirk Nowitzki is on the team. Mm. Like, like, like the, a guy that has probably how much money is Dirk Nowitzki turned down? Yeah, it's a good point. And even even with this, you know, the the team option being declined, he accepted the team option, knowing that 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 was a possibility, so that they could get the more money. I mean, this is this is a pattern for you to follow, 
And uh, so, yeah, I can see I can see Noel taking like I think you know right 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 in line with what you're talking about the five years ninety million. But on to uh, Dennis Smith, yeah, um, that's an interesting. What would be the advantage to chasing a, a big name point guard right now? I, I don't even know if I'd see one. Yeah, uh, I, I forgot to mention they could have up to thirty-one million in cap space, so they do have the money to do so if they want. But that's you know that's not factoring not factoring in what Noel is going to get. Like it, it would take some finagling even to get to that point. So yeah, I mean it, it would be tricky for them to get a Lowry or a Hill. Like again, maybe they go after a second tier guy like a Patty Mills, um, but. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. No, yeah, I'm just going to put some eye drops in my eyes right now. My allergies are killing me. That's why I keep no, rubbing my eyes. No problem, no problem. Uh, let's move on to the Memphis Grizzlies then. So they, speaking of cap hell, are pretty much in cap hell already. They've almost got $93 million in guaranteed salary on their books. Zebo, Vince Carter, Tony Allen are all unrestricted free agents. Jermichael Green is a restricted free agent. Mort, how much should they be willing to spend on these guys to retain this core? Is it worth dipping into the luxury tax? <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. I mean, look, they Vince is forty. He's 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 doing well. I mean, I gotta hand it to Vince, but I mean, how far are they gonna go? I mean, Zemo mm-hmm. is what he's from. I believe nineteen eighty one, so he's about to be thirty six. So. Tony Allen is is up there as well. Like they're still effective players, but they're clearly on the downside of their career. They're only going to regress production wise. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if, if you are going to resign them, you have to at least get them on a discount, like a significant discount. Uh, yeah. You also are you're, you're paying Chandler Parsons so much money <laughs> as well that you can't really afford to to spend um, extensively elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have, again, this is a three-max contract problem. You have Chandler Parsons, Mike Conley, and Marcus All on a max contract. Really hard to build around those guys because yep. they're taking up so much of your cap room. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, I It sounds like, I forget who reported it, but someone said Tony Allen, they're only willing to offer the vet minimum deal. you got to figure he's getting more elsewhere. So he's, you know, the grandfather might be playing is elsewhere next year. The what? Sorry. I wonder if he is getting more elsewhere. Oh, I'm sure he can get like the biannual or something at the very least. Yeah, I think yeah, the biannual would probably be fitting somewhere. I think. Um, okay, so like a a little bit more. A little bit more. Yeah, but it's not a whole. Not lot not, not significantly more. Mm. Unless it's like that, like for a guy like Tony Allen who has spent so much of his career with Memphis. Mm-hmm. Is he is he is like would he rather? Is it worth it to him? Is that million dollars a year worth it to him to? Because because what is he gonna get? How long has he been around? Oh, he's been around for a while. I think he's about thirty five or thirty six. He started out in Boston in I believe oh seven, but he was an old rookie. No, wait, not oh so seven. Earlier than that, oh five, I think. And he was so the veteran minimum for him is what like a couple of million or something. I think it's like 1.5, I want to say. Yeah, 1.5, 1.7, and, and then, you know, whatever it is, like the cap hit, the league pays the difference. So, yeah. 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 My guess would be, I mean, maybe he doesn't get more on a long-term deal, 
but I could see a team with a lot of cap space, the Sixers, for instance, saying, like, screw it, one year, eight million. Like, come teach our players right. how to play defense. Now, that's, like, that's when we can talk about. Like, if it's a one-year deal for a team that is not in any way in, in need of fill up their cap space, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that would make sense, especially if he takes on, like, a mentor role. Here's my question, though, to both of you. Is Tony Allen mentor, mentor <laughs> right. material? Right. Probably not. Well, maybe. I mean, he's, you know, first team all defense all the time. Like, he is really, you know, he can't shoot worth a lick, but if he can teach you, like Sacramento, too, if he could teach Buddy Heal to play defense, he's worth however much Sacramento pays him. But so. yeah, I think it depends on who, who he's mentoring. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if he, you put him next to the right guy, if he can, if he can make that guy, t- uh, Tony Allen, defensively, then yeah, like right. Maybe, or, or you know, like I mean, of course, Minnesota just got Jimmy Butler, but wouldn't you like to have mm-hmm. a guy like Tony Allen trying to get in, uh, Andrew uh, into Wiggins' head or something? Oh yeah, that's a good call. Yep. Yeah, yep. Ooh, that's a fun one. Well, we'll we'll touch on Minnesota in a little bit. Let's move into the Pacific Division now. We're going to go back to the Clippers. Uh, pretty much their entire roster, aside from DeAndre Jordan, is a free agent, including Blake Griffin, J.J. Redick, Luke Mute, Raymond Felton, Maurice Spates, and Brandon Bass. They could carve out up to $35 million in space, but with cap holds, they are way over. So, Kelly, if you're the Clippers, Chris Paul just left. Are you willing to give the five-year max to Blake Griffin? I'm really on the fence about this. Uh, I think I think Blake Griffin is. I don't think he's done. I think he's had a couple of years of bad luck, but that's a lot. That's a big risk. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that's so tough. Um, like the whole situation there is tough. Yeah. Like like do you do do you just rebuild now? Do you let everybody go? Um, and, and just this whole Chris Paul trade and, and, and doesn't it give you, like, I'm surprised I haven't heard more about this is Jerry West's voice behind all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Ramona Shelburne. Have some plan going on. Yeah. Ramona Shelburne of ESPN said, uh, with the Chris Paul trade, she said, that's the first time you're seeing Jerry West's influence. Cause he was not. Uh, not on board with the bring everyone back plan. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, that was the first thing that I thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is, this shows what, and I, I really don't think bringing back everybody plan was a good plan. Right. Like they, 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 they had hit their Zenith with that. Then they managed like, like Mort was saying that they got anything at all back for Chris Paul is a miracle mm-hmm. that they got building blocks for a new future is even more impressive and even tradable building blocks <laughs> or trade yeah. tradable pieces, if not building blocks. Mm. Mm. And so, so I, I think that's the question that if you're the Clippers, are you going to build around Blake Griffin or not? It, it, yeah. yeah. And I, I can see either answer to that question being the correct one. Right. Yeah. And that's what makes it so complicated. Yeah. Um, then so let more... me give you an uncomplicated answer, Brian. Okay, do it. You re-sign him, and then you pull a nene. 
You trade him later? Yes, you do. Like, let's go mm. back to the Nene JaVale McGee uh, trade because that was one of the smartest things Denver ever did. They were not <laughs> yeah. interested in retaining Nene back in the day. So they re-signed him and then they shipped him off half a season later to Washington for JaVale McGee, essentially mm. making JaVale McGee their indirect pseudo-free agent acquisition. They just traded mm. for him instead. That is smart GMing. There is no reason whatsoever GM, GMs out there shouldn't be interested in Blake Griffin, especially yeah. if he has like three or four months where he just goes ape shit on the whole mm-hmm. damn league. If he mm-hmm. does that, his value is going to increase, even though he is on a max deal. And if the Clippers are going at the traded line, oh, well, you know, we're you know kicking the can around. Our results might not be where we want them to, so we're looking at change. But internally, they're like, yep, this has been the plan all along. Flip, flip him <laughs> right. for assets. Then why yeah. not? I mean, look, they, they're probably... They, they just got a hell of a haul for Chris Paul, meaning they mm-hmm. are definitely interested in doing the same for both Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan if they decide to mm-hmm. shop him. This would mm-hmm. be the best thing they could do. Resign Blake and just move him at a later date. Keep I that have- value. I'm like, yeah, that's the right answer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you can try to convince him to do a Chris Paul and opt into the final year of a deal so you can trade him now. But if he's not willing to do that, I would agree. That's the path to take. It sounds like Phoenix is really hot after him. Phoenix has a bunch of young players and assets that can make it work. You know, you could get... Dragon Bender. Yeah, you can take him. I mean... TJ Warren's on the last year of his deal, so I don't know how appealing he is, but with Josh Jackson in town, he's probably expendable now. You know, you probably have to absorb Brandon Knight's contract to make it work, but hey, Brandon Knight, yeah, well, he's not on that bad of a deal. Like, I, that's fine. So, and, and he is not that bad of a player. Let, let's just right. clean this up <laughs> about Brandon Knight because we've been using him as the boogeyman for the past yeah. few months. Like, his game is not what it was last year. Like, he is a better player. So if mm-hmm. you actually, if you're a team out there, let me, if, to all the GMs listening in right now, if you are at that stage in your development in, in terms of where your team is going and you're saying, you know what, let's just get a bad contract in there and get some assets, then the bad contract, and I'm putting that in quotation marks, that you should go for it, is Brandon Knight because, dude, he might actually be good still. So yeah, right. If you get him and an asset, and and Brandon Knight is considered like a salary dump, and you get something, some kind of positive production out of him, then you can flip him later. His resale value goes through the roof. It's just mm-hmm. yeah. basketball. Yeah, I, I have long thought he's a target for the Sixers and absorbing his salary in their seven thousand oh, yeah. million dollars and, in cap space. The Bulls as well, theoretically, if they go that route. But here's the thing: oh, yeah. would never be smart enough to do it. So right, right. So Moy, you mentioned DeAndre Jordan. He can opt out of his contract after next season. Let's say Blake does leave this summer. At that rate, are you shopping DeAndre? I'm shopping DeAndre right now. Regardless of Blake. Yeah. Why not? You just lost Chris Paul. What the hell can you do? It's <laughs> a fair point. There were, I mean, I forget who reported this again, so I'm sorry to whoever did, but apparently someone said there were talks about DeAndre Jordan and Andre Drummond around the NBA draft. So, Ugh. you know, there, there are concerns about Andre Drummond's game, obviously, especially if he's not playing around 
No, if you, DeAndre Jordan for people that like DeAndre Jordan, but don't think he shoots free throws well enough. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't block shots well enough either. Uh, but, uh, you know, they'll have options on the table if they do shop DeAndre. Let's move on to the Warriors, who, you know, likewise face a bunch of interesting decisions this summer. Stephen Curry is definitely getting a five-year max. Kevin Durant sounds like he's amenable to whatever he needs to do. He's willing to take less than the max so they can keep the bird rights on Iguodala and of Sean Of course, Livingston. he just won a ring. Yeah, so those two guys are not on the market. Let's just clear that up there. Both stay with the Warriors. Uh, Andre Iguodala, though, that's where it starts to get interesting. Because according to Sham Sharani of the Vertical, uh, Warriors owner Joe Lacob is getting cold feet about the luxury tax. And if he re-signs Curry, Durant, and gives Iggy a big deal, they could be in some luxury tax, hefty luxury tax payments this year, and then especially once Clay and Draymond come up for their new contracts in a couple of years. So, Kelly, do you think Iggy is actually gettable this summer? Uh, I or I mean, yes and no. Like, like, on the one hand, I think he is gettable. Like, if you offered him a $20 million deal, and I've seen that number floated out there, mm-hmm. I don't think that, I, you know, I think you can, and, and he agrees to it, then I don't think that the Warriors are going to try and match that. But what I think is, is I don't know if I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Iggy does not look like he has four years left on his careers, career. Mm. I can see like that contract, even by the end of this year, would be a bad contract. Mm-hmm. Part part of what is helping him right now is that he's coming off the bench and he's he's you know he's he, his minutes are lower, his usage is lower. Mm. He you know I mean he just even by the end of this season, except during the finals, he started looking like he was wearing down. He's not a young man. I don't I don't know that he I want to give him a big contract. Yeah. Uh, it's great player. I'm not trying to knock him, but he's on the end of his career. So I can just see that turning into a Luol Dang situation real fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he was miscast in Philly. You know, they gave him, a, I think it was like six, five or six years, 80 million uh, before the whole Warriors Denver era. Uh, and that made him public enemy number one in Philly because he was miscast as that number one option. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, as you said, Kelly, he's better off the bench in a low usage rate where he can focus on defense. If you're making him a primary offensive option, that's not his game. Um, so, yeah, uh, Shams uh, mentioned – oh, no, sorry, Chris Haynes of ESPN mentioned the Wolves, Jazz, and Spurs as teams who are all interested as well as the Sixers, Magic, and Nets. Morton, where would you like to see – Iggy end up if he does leave the Warriors. <laughs> the magic. <laughs> so weird. Like what? Uh, why? That doesn't even make sense. That's that's Jeff Green 2.0 once again. Like that doesn't. It's, that doesn't it's even. Because they never okay. want Aaron Gordon to play his actual position. Yeah. Oh, that's so stupid. Um, yeah. All right. So no, I I agree with Kelly in regards to to Iggy and you know his age. Iggy is 33. Um, Brian, as you alluded to, like back in Philly, he played a shit ton of minutes. Like mm-hmm. he was frequently averaging around forty a, a mm-hmm. night, and and so that there's the mileage aspect to take into effect as well. Like in the regular season, he's very close to thirty four thousand minutes. 
he's now had several seasons of extended playoff runs as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, the drop-off is going to be significant, maybe not next year, but the year after that, potentially. So I would look at a two-year deal where I would be I, I would be okay in overpaying him for two years, but mm-hmm. I, I would not be at all interested in giving him a long-term deal, like, whatsoever. That's like a non-starter for me, whatever franchise I actually am, even Golden State. Like, if I'm Joe you know, Legoban, I'm... I'm concerned about the luxury tax then at least I can say I'm going to be concerned about the luxury tax for the first two seasons but then afterwards he's he's off the cap then we can we might be able to re-sign him for the veterans minimum but mm-hmm. I can survive two years of of big big money going to Iggy and then afterwards that's that so like two years if push comes to shove like I don't know 30 35 mm-hmm. for two years that's a hell of a lot yeah but it's two years you can manage. You just won. Right. You, you've won two rings with him. Here's my question, though: How much did that Finals MVP award raise his value? Mm. I think yeah, that I plays mean... in a lot. Like, if he had not won that award in 2015, mm-hmm. I think we would be gauging him differently. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's probably true. But I, I mean. Even if, you know, if Steph Curry had won that award and he still played so well against LeBron and he played well against LeBron this year, maybe it's like a couple million, but I still feel like he'd be oh, a couple million counts. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, we were talking earlier about Tony Allen going to the Wolves. Imagine Iggy on the Wolves next behind Jimmy Butler and Andrew Wiggins. Ooh. Good luck scoring. Good, <laughs> you know what? Good luck. Good luck for Andre Wiggins to get minutes. I said it. <laughs> I said it. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Oh, my God. Andrew Wiggins slander from you. It's out of control. Uh, let's let's move on to the Lakers. They don't really have any one of notes. Swaggy P, Thomas Robinson. Uh, I don't think it's a huge deal if they lose either of those guys. Up to 17.3 million in cap space. More Magic Johnson's already said they're basically going to sit out free agency this year. They want to preserve cap space for next year. We mentioned earlier they're trying to pursue Paul George and then unnamed superstar X, a.k.a. LeBron James. Mm -hmm. Um, But now, you know, the Paul George race seems to be heating up a bit. We've got the Celtics in on it. Uh, We've got the Rockets. The Spurs might be interested. So if you're the Lakers, are you willing to push in more chips than Clarkson, Randall, and the two late first-round picks from this year? You're going to sit it out, and you're going to I'm going to sit it out. I just traded D'Angelo Russell away from from caps for you know future cap space, granted you know Brook Lopez is a good player he's a fine player but yeah um, I gave up a lot in that deal if I'm the Lakers mm-hmm. uh, and besides if I'm the Lakers I feel pretty damn confident like Paul George more or less out of nowhere just said mm, Lakers like he <laughs> wouldn't do that out of nowhere if you had not put any thought into it and he's a he's a LA kid you know so. I mean, I, I'm not seeing any scenario wherein Paul George does not end up in L.A. Like, it would have to be, like you, you just said, like, he would have to come to a super team and, like, win a ring. Mm-hmm. If he does that, then we can talk about it. But not if not, and, you know, then what's the point? Yeah. I mean, it's really, you would think, I'm sure the Lakers, before trading D'Angelo Russell, reached out to the Pacers and offered him an Paul George deal, and I'm guessing the Pacers had no interest, which is probably why they moved for Brooke Lopez. So uh, the pro- their problem, the Lakers' problem, is they don't really have anything to move a value outside of 
uh, Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram because they their pick next year is gone. So the earliest pick they can trade is 2020. Um, you know, Clarkson and Randall are both good players. Randall's going to be expensive next year. I guess you could throw in like a Larry Nance or a Zubach, but you already have Miles Turner on the Pacers, so you don't. You know, front court is presumably not where you're trying to get better. You're probably looking for a point guard, assuming Jeff Teague walks. You want a wing to replace Paul George. So unless they can make it some sort of a three-team deal, you know, we said it earlier about the Celtics. Like, the Celtics can trump anything they can offer. So if I'm magic, you know, I'm telling Kevin Pritchard, look, you know, before you actually pull the trigger on any deal, call me one more time and let me see... You know, if I could cook up anything else. But, yeah, Morgan, I'm with you. I think, you know, I, I wouldn't give up more than Clarkson Randall and the two late first. Right, right. And I'm not opposed to um, moving Ingram necessarily if the right deal comes along. I don't think he's mm. as good as advertised, not saying that he won't be good, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm uh, actually a little skeptical that Paul George ends up a Laker next year, whether they move him or not this year. Like, if I'm the Lakers, I, I, I almost want to get Paul George just for the chance of keeping him. I mean, I know there's this whole thing that he said that he's kind of leaning towards the Lakers, but that's a long way from a, mm. writing your name on it, signing your name on a piece of paper. Yeah. And if uh, allegedly the reason he wants to leave Indiana is he wants to win. Um. And so the, the, the Lakers, you know, I, I, I'm with you more. I'm not convinced Ingram is this great player. I'm not even convinced he's got an all-star ceiling. Uh, Randall seems pretty one-dimensional. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with Ball. He's see, you know, I, I'm not a college expert or anything. I don't pretend to be, but all the reports on him are high. But if the Lakers win 25 games again this year, does Paul George start rethinking it? Mm -hmm. Um, And and you you look at, okay, like look at Philadelphia, where they've got, like, I mean, they've got the top two rookies from last year and arguably the top two rookies from this year (laughs) on their team. And they've got, they can add J.J. Redick this year. And that's going to make a world of difference. And, you know, with Fultz and I'm sorry to break your heart here, Brian, but, you know, the, the, the Sixers might actually be a good team this year. No, don't say it. No, and, uh, yeah. And, and so, like, if, if they can offer him money, if they can mm. offer him a max deal and the Lakers are offering him a max deal, but he can get a max deal to go and play for a 25 win team with the Lakers or he can go and lead a 55-win team with the Sixers, Sixers, who do you think he's going to choose? Outside of the whole thing that he's from L.A., there's no reason for him to pick the Lakers over the Sixers. Yeah, especially if LeBron leaves the Cavs in 2018, the East is wide open, you're still going to, in the Lakers, you're still facing the Warriors in the West. So I, I am not at all convinced that he is bound for the Lakers. I think that this is a movie we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Dwight Howard was going to sign there. LaMarcus Aldridge was going to sign there. Carmelo Anthony was going to sign there. LeBron James was going to sign there. Right. We've seen this movie before, and it's never come true. So I'm I'm like, yeah, 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 I get that there's a rumor, and I think it was you know like a wash bomb, so 
mean, it's probably a true rumor, but it's not like Paul George, based on one interview, isn't allowed to change his mind. No, right. that, that's definitely, that's fair. That is absolutely fair. If he changes his mind, everything is off. What I was just hanging my hat on is the Lakers weren't good when he more or less said that I, he wanted to go there. So mm-hmm. for that, that to me indicates that, you know, that was a loyalty thing, that he was like, oh, I wanted to go back to the, the team that I grew up watching. Like, that right. was an emotional decision. But, like, you're, you're absolutely right. If the Lakers are piss poor next season and George is having second thoughts, then that's all that there is, to, there is to it. And then he could have a change of mind. Like, he is under no obligation to sign with the Lakers next year anyway. So, I mean, you're... And I think part of the impetus of him saying that is the Lakers had this core going... With Ingram, Ball, um, and he said this before they traded Russell, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so now Russell's gone, and you know, so like, if this core doesn't look like it starts to show something, he might be like, "Well, you know, things have changed." Right. No, that so. uh, yeah, that that's true. Like, if the Lakers do not take a significant step forward in their youth development. I, too, think that that would be changing things quite a bit. Thankfully for the Lakers, though, I mean, Julius Randle right now looks ready for next season. My God. Yeah. yeah. Muscle Watch is fully engaged with Julius Randle, who suddenly has a six-pack. Yeah, the Lakers are – they face a very oh, interesting is he, summer. Is he yeah. going to learn to shoot, though? <laughs> That's the thing. Fair question. He's pretty one-trick pony right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. And do you, he, you know, he's if he learned some defense, that'd be good too. That would be <laughs> good. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Phoenix Suns. Alex Len, Allen Williams are their two restricted free agents. They have up to twenty six point seven million in cap space. More, they've already been linked to Paul Millsap and Blake Griffin in free agency. So you know, we already talked about earlier uh, the idea of trading for Blake Griffin later. Can you explain why they'd be going after a power forward after just go- drafting two in the first round in the top eight picks last year? Because they're the Suns, Brian. <laughs> There's no law. Look, this is the team who, out of sheer and utter desperation, came to Tyson Chandler two years ago and said, <laughs> right. you can get us LaMarcus Aldridge. They oh, are boy. infatuated with power forwards who are a bit over the hill for some reason. <laughs> I yeah. have no idea why. Um, it seems like a very poor, uh, you know, decision to make that they are going after the big name free agents right now. Like, hold up a second, establish a young core first, then maybe, just maybe, get someone who is in at least the same age-wise bracket as mm-hmm. Devin Booker. Just maybe, yeah. uh, right. instead of signing someone who's like eight or nine years older. And for Millsap's. Uh, example it's what 12 there's a 12 years year age difference i think 11 or 12 like that's that's just illogical man makes no sense i mean i like the idea of trading for him more than i do signing him because at least then you can i guess like maybe try to pack again package brandon knight with one or two of your young prospects and at least Mm. get one of those contracts off the books but i don't see why unless you're just not sold on Marquise Chris and Dragon Bender in which case that's fine but again like feels like you should be trading for a power forward not signing one and then having to you know once you get that log jam 
It's the same thing the Sixers went through the last couple of years. Like all those guys immediately lose value because you know they're not going to be playing as much. You know they have to get one of them out of there. Seems like a weird strategy. Uh, Kelly, if they strike out on Griffin, Millsap, big name power forward, should they try to bring back Alex Len or Alan Williams? Oh, you mean when they strike out on Blake Griffin? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> right. Like, no, this is the other side of the equation, right? Like, they, they can't give Blake Griffin enough money. Uh, they, they can't give him a max contract. He's not going there. And they can't offer Paul Millsap a winning situation, and I don't see Millsap leaving for a rebuild. So, like, it's just that's not happening. I wonder if there's a part of this that they're just taking meetings to show they can take meetings. Mm-hmm. So that, like, in a year or two down the road, they're, they're not a team that people blow off. You know, I mean, like, yeah. I, we're just taking these meetings because we can. Yeah. I, hopefully that's the situation and they don't do something stupid. Um, there's some talk that they're going to let Alex, like, because they can get Alan Williams for a lot less. They, they might mm-hmm. just let Alex Len walk. Mm. Um, uh, Alan Williams was an undrafted free agent. So, uh I'm not sure if if Len is like one of those borderline guys, so I'm not sure what to do, what they'll do with him. I think I think that really what the Sun should do is is take on bad contracts, yeah, mm. and and assets, and just you know let 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 the kids grow up a little bit. By the time those contracts, those bad contracts start uh, expiring, and mm. they'll start being able to cash in all those assets. And then they'll have all the cap space. The other advantage of all these teams, like, you, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times, all these teams that are, uh, use, are, 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 are giving all these max contracts out willy-nilly and stuff, mm-hmm. is that a year, two years down the road, cap space becomes a lot more valuable again. Yeah. Um, so why, right when everybody else is all capped out, You've got your young kids blossoming and you've got uh, first round draft picks and you've got cap space to use. Like the Phoenix Suns could be the Boston Celtics in two or three years if they play this right. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they have, you know, Devin Booker. uh, (laughs) He's going to be really good. He might not be a good defender, but he's already an electric scorer. Josh Jackson, you have the Bender, Will, um, Marquise Chris. You have Eric Bledsoe locked up on a pretty cheap deal for, I think, two or three more years. So they do have, like, under the radar, they have one of the most fun young cores in the league. They also have, I think it was a top seven protected pick from Miami in 2018, unprotected 2021. So they have some assets to dangle in trades as well. Like, it's a good point, Kelly. They really could, if they play their cards right, they could be... Uh, a free agent landing spot in a year or two. Uh, um, okay, let's move on to the Sacramento Kings. Notable free agents include Rudy Gay, Darren Collison, Ty Lawson, Tyreek Evans, and Ben McElmore, who they did not offer a qualifying offer, so he was going to be restricted. Then they were like, no, you can just leave. Uh, they have up to $54.4 million in cap space, so Vivek and Vlade can go shopping this summer if they want. Morton, they drafted De'Aaron Fox, but right now he's the only point guard on the roster. So, you know, we've talked about these big-name free agent point guards. Is Sacramento a place where they should be going after one? Or, like Dallas, should they 
looking toward that second tier for you know more of a veteran mentor for De'Aaron Fox rather than a guy who's going to play ahead of him. Well, I, I just need to get that number again. $54.4 million in available money. Yeah, up to. yeah, Up to. And are we absolutely certain, since it's the Kings, that they're not going to spend the vast majority of it on, you know, Amir Johnson? <laughs> I mean, if their draft is any indication, they are running their franchise like a actual franchise for once. Well, one thing is drafting good, another is signing yeah. good. So, no. That's true. I, I actually do not want them to pick up a starting point guard. I want them to get a quality backup. I... Mm-hmm. I I had a uh, a different big board coming into the draft than a lot of other people. I'm not very traditional in that sense. My big board, and remember, that's not mock draft, that's big board, was Fultz 1, Fox 2, and then Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell at 3rd. Right. So, you know, Fox to me is the second best player in the draft, meaning to you know, to me. And I want him to get as many minutes as possible. I want him to just get thrown into the fire right off the bat because they're not going anywhere anyway. So mm. we might as well start him all 82 games, give him 32 minutes right off the bat. Just let the kid Absolutely. go. Yeah, and just mm-hmm. get get some a, a quality, high quality point guard to back him up, who is defensive oriented, who is a strong communicator, and is a guy who can. You know, a Luol Deng type of character, like the type of guy who can throw his arm around you and say, you know what, Head up, heads up, kiddo, you know, you had a bad game. This is, this is, you know, he can turn around. You just have to do this and that, whatever. So get some high, you know, a, a good person in there to back him up at the point guard position. That's really where I'm mm-hmm. at. Who that player is, I, I'm not sure. I don't have that type of inside knowledge into a player's mindset, but you just, 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 Spend wisely, Sacramento. Spend wisely. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean... I am yeah. 100% on board with that. Like, the Sacramento Kings, to me, are the team most likely, just based on their history, to do something stupid like give Derrick Rose a max deal. <laughs> I was going to bring him up, yep. You, you, you know, like, just... But but they... they, 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 they just because they have money doesn't mean they have to spend it. Mm-hmm. You know, they and, and, and they're just they, they, and the, but their draft was so smart, like they did everything right in the draft. And then they let Ben McLemore go, which was the right thing to do. And even I think signing that kid Bogdan Bogdanovich mm, yep. to the largest rookie contract in history, which you're like, but but he seems like a great fit, you know, yep. and they're just doing smart things. And you're like, who are these guys? <laughs> and they're having this, this sudden streak of confidence that it makes you wonder what's going on and you're like okay are they just going to kings out or is this all set up is this is this lucy holding the football for charlie brown (laughs) right or are they actually going to do something smart are they going to have a smart postseason or uh, offseason and you're really hoping they just they, they, they 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 can follow through on this to the end and not just mess it up in free agency yeah uh and, but the fear, I like. If I'm a Kings fan, I'm just like every time I open up my internet browser, I'm like holding my breath. Right. <laughs> yeah. Twitter is going to be a dark place for Kings fans come July first because, like, yeah, like a not even Derrick Rose, but like a Jeff Teague. If you max out Jeff Teague, all of this goodwill goes down the drain immediately. But I mean, yeah, we were talking about you know the Suns having a really fun young core. The Kings now have De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, Justin Jackson, Scott Lobissieri, Willie Cauley-Stein, Harry Giles, 
As you mentioned, Kelly, they have Bogdan Bogdanovich, who they reportedly bringing over three years, twenty-seven million. Like they have some really good, fun young pieces. Can they resist the temptation to overpay someone in free agency? That's the question. Like you know, because like Phoenix, they could just use some of that cap space to take on bad contracts, get more picks. Exactly. That's exactly what I think they should do. That's what I was writing about. Hey, they're a great team to just swallow up bad cap space. Hey, you want to give us your you know Tyson Chandler's contract or whatever? You know, if the Suns decide to go up for more, anyway, I just they're, they're a great team to do that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, uh, Especially okay. if they can get a bad contract for a veteran that can lead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a good point. Uh, all right. Let's zoom through the Northwest division here. So we have Utah Jazz up first. They're the big ones. Uh, Gordon Hayward, George Hill, both unrestricted free agents. Joe Inglis restricted. They could have up to $13.1 million in cap space. Kelly, it sounds like Zach Lowe today said Hayward is less than a 50-50 shot to return to Utah. It sounds like he really wants them to retain George Hill to convince him to stay there. So if you're Utah, what are you? how much are you willing to spend on George Hill to keep Gordon Hayward there? Or are you willing to let both of those guys walk? Here's my thought on, on, on this is that if you don't retain George Hill and Gordon Hayward walks, this whole setup since the Darren Williams trade has been for this moment. Mm-hmm. And then you're just going to be like, oh, it's time to rebuild again. Like, mm-hmm. how do you rebuild after one postseason? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's almost like you have to. They have loyal fans, but not stupid fans. <laughs> right. The jazz fan base is pretty smart. I just... yeah. I just have a feeling that it, this would really work against them. And they've got a, I, like Joe Ingles is like one of those ultimate glue guys. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, I, I think they just need to retain all three of those guys. They got to do what they can. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's going to be very costly for them, but that leads me to my next question. Derek Favors could be a free agent. Uh, I think after the 2017, 18 season. So more, if you do, Regardless of what happens with Hayward, if you bring him back or even if he walks, are you shopping Derek Favors if you're Utah? I would have been shopping Favors for about a year now. <laughs> yeah. No, not, yeah. not a full year. He, he had a bad year. The, last year before that was actually pretty good. So mm-hmm. I'm exaggerating. But I would, I, you know, I would have shopped him for a while now. He just doesn't fit with Rudy Gobert at all. It seems to me that in this new... Uh, NBA environment favors just a straight-up center mm-hmm. who, and not this power forward who can go out and stretch and do all these things that a power forward is required to do. So right. I, I would absolutely shop him. Um, and, and yeah, if look, if Hayward walks or if Hill walks, then I would shop him aggressively. And I mm-hmm. would just I would even be willing to take on like we've talked about it plenty of times a bad contract because if you lose some of those those two guys you're rebuilding anyway so yeah right. yeah yeah totally agree uh, Alec Burks another guy to watch out for he is signed I think it's like four years forty ish million God I uh, hope he's healthy at some point because he's good he's actually very very good he's just had yeah so many health issues it's so unfortunate like that guy when he's healthy he's huge for him he's he's such a big help off the bench like if he had been healthy all of last year 
I, I mean, then I, I wouldn't even be surprised if Utah hadn't gotten a game in on the dubs. <laughs> one game. Woo! Hey, come on uh, now. That's that's championship yeah. in its own right these days. Yeah. I know. But, I mean, the point being, Rodney Hood is going to be up for an extension this year. Uh, Dante Exum is up for an extension this year. They just traded up for Donovan Mitchell. So, Alec Burks, for that reason, just could be an odd man out. Yeah. Uh, got my boy. He, I like that. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, so Utah, a lot is at stake for Utah in the next couple of days. Uh, it sounds like Hayward is going to meet with at least Miami and Boston. Who knows who else might be on his radar as well. Minnesota Timberwolves, they made their big move already. They got Jimmy Butler. They have Shabazz Muhammad, who's a restricted free agent. Uh, Omri Caspi, unrestricted. Uh, they could have up to $19.3 million in cap space. Kelly, since the Bulls got Jimmy... Ricky Rubio has remained a fixture in trade talks. Uh, you know, not the best fit necessarily next to Jimmy and Wiggins, just because <laughs> kind of like the three alphas in Chicago, none of them are great shooters. Um, so if you're the Wolves, are you trying to pursue an upgrade there? Or are you hoping that, you know, Rubio, he's such a good passer defender, can make up for his shooting deficiencies and you're going to stand pat with him? You know what I'd love to like what I would love to see Minnesota do is trade Ricky Rubio for Patrick Beverly. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. That's a good one. Ooh. Uh, I, I I think that and then make Jimmy Butler your primary ball handler. Yeah. He he like he showed last uh-huh. year he's a great facilitator. Patrick Beverly is a great catch and shoot guy. Your top three on your perimeter defenders would be Beverly. Butler and Wiggins, that'd just be that that'd be a tough to that'd be a tough defensive team. It'd totally work. On the Clippers side, the problem with Patrick Beverly is his skill set doesn't fit with the rest of the team. You want a facilitator, you want a defender. He's a he's a great defender, but he's he's not a he's 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 more of a catch and shoot, a three and D point guard, if you will. And mm-hmm. they don't have a primary ball handler on the team right now that can that can create shots for others and then you're taking away the, the strengths from uh, DeAndre Jordan and Patrick Bever are in uh, Blake Griffin if he sticks around. So anyway, I see that trade working for both teams. It comes close enough to working with with the cap that I think you know you can work out the details pretty easily. I, I don't know if the Clippers would need to um, throw in another cheapo player that they got from Houston, but it should be easy enough to work out. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's if like I, I see that working for both teams really well. Yeah, that's a really good call. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Rubio would be, he's locked up longer, I think, than Beverly, or at least, he, or if not, he's, you know, around the same age. He could be a building block of their future. I think he's only 25 or 26, so it's not like you're trading for a 32-year-old here. And, you know, that would help DeAndre Jordan back. Lob City could come back, even with Chris Paul gone. So that's it. I like that. It's a good call, Kelly. Um Let's move on to the Thunder. Oh, no. Wait, wait, Brian. Oh, Brian. sorry. Go, yeah, go I have for it. One because that my offseason plan for Minnesota also included like the initial trade that Kelly just made. Mm, but I'm okay. going to follow it up with something bigger. Let's say I actually get Patrick Beverly for Ricky Rubio and I clear more cap space. Mm-hmm. And my starting lineup as of that moment, at least the four secure one, is Beverly, it's Butler, it's Wiggins, and it's Cat at center. Mm-hmm. Then I go to Paul freaking Millsap. Mm-hmm. And I say, join us. 
right now with that you're the missing power forward he's a stretch guy he's a great defender he can help out on the glass he can pass like that starting lineup would be legit and their defense would jump from i think they were 27th or 28th in the league that would be a top 10 defense right off the bat that would be a really good defensive team yeah that would be i'm gonna go quickly to the ESPN trade machine to see if this Rubio <laughs> Rubio for uh, for Beverly oh they probably don't even have Beverly on the Lakers actually never mind I, I think uh, Beverly is like six and a half million off the top of my head something like that in the I think he's like eight is it that much I thought it was six okay yeah and I thought it was, was around like six or seven right I thought it was like a four year 28 million mm, so split oh, the difference okay. I think it's uh, but yeah, they don't have him on the. Okay, I'm gonna try the. Doesn't real GM have a trade checker? Uh yeah. Oh wait, I'm looking at the Lakers, not the Clippers. That's probably that, why. The wrong <laughs> team would probably help. Yeah, that that might complicate things. Oh, uh, I'm disappointed that you didn't use Mark Deeks. And so his salary, Patrick Beverly's for this season, this coming season, is only five point five. Oh, oh that, yeah, oh, that might right. that might complicate things. Well, but, you know, they've got all the, like, you just need to throw in another salary, right? Yeah, like, you can throw in. Matters. You've got all of those garbage throwaway salaries they they yeah. got the yeah. Chris Paul trip, so. Throw yeah, in just... Lou Williams and it works. Or, oh, maybe they could, let's try, let's try it with Wes Johnson. Let's see. Uh, yeah, with Wes Johnson. Or Lou Wes Williams, Johnson making his infamous return to Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, so that. You you can make it work easily enough. I like that plan, and yeah, more if you could then get, uh, if you could then get Paul Millsap, that's a top four seed in the West. And I know that um, Millsap is not on the same you know age uh, in the same age bracket as Cat, but it doesn't matter with that level of talent, honestly. Like then you yeah. just go for it. Okay, let's move on to the Thunder. Andre Roberson restricted, Taj Gibson unrestricted, zero cap space, so they will not be acquiring any big names outside of those two guys, or they'll use the mid-level. So they're, I mean, they're in some cap trouble already. Uh, Kelly, how much are you willing to match on an offer sheet for Andre Roberson? Their, their their problem is it's not they're they're starting to push into luxury tax territory. It's not they just don't have cap space, right? And this is a team that wasn't willing to spend that much into the cap to keep Kevin Durant, James Harden, <laughs> and Russell Westbrook, right? Right. So are they going to are they going to spend in the cap to to keep Roberson? Yeah. Right. Uh, this is like, I think the Thunder fans are in for a rude awakening because they were barely good enough to make the playoffs last year. The Timberwolves mm-hmm. got a lot better this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another, there's, you know, like the Nuggets, they finished so strong. The Trailblazers after the mid, the, the trade, they got better. The The Thunder could very well uh, miss out on the playoffs next year. And, you know, like they're not going to be able to keep Taj Gibson so they're they're not going to be as good. All these other teams got better. They were already a playoff team. They might miss out on being a playoff team entirely. And mm-hmm. are you going to spend money into the tax if you're not even a playoff team? Right. When you wouldn't spend it when you had Kevin Durant and were a final uh, in the Western Conference Finals. So yeah, I, I think they're about to go south. I think they they 
Yeah, it's just then you got the whole Russell Westbrook situation, right? Mm-hmm. He's a free agent after next year, and they got the DVPE thing going for him. Yep. But is he gonna like want to walk? Right. If if they're not trying to compete, so I just they're they might they might just cash in everything. And I know this we're supposed to do this later. Our hot take: Russell Westbrook could get moved before the trade deadline. Uh, that was my next question. Yeah, I mean, so as you mentioned, he just won MVP, so he's eligible for the Supermax. He could be a free agent after next year. So, Mort, if he does not sign an extension this summer, should the Thunder trade him? Well, it would give Sam Presti a unique opportunity to go four for four with the four best player he, players he ever drafted to actually not retain any of them. So, sure, <laughs> I mean, look, uh, if he's not secure in his place and you are afraid that he's going to leave for nothing, then yes, yes, you have to. Like, I think Presti even said that himself. and uh, Or I don't, I don't know if he went on the record, but like, you can't lose Kevin Durant for nothing and follow that up with losing Russell Westbrook for nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, so yes, absolutely. Shop him. Shop or at least do it under the radar. Pick up the phone yeah. is my point. It was someone calls. I just the Royce Young column that will come out when they trade Russell Westbrook. I want them to trade. <laughs> I want them to trade it just for the rage that comes out of our computer screens. Um, but yeah, you will I, actually be able to hear your computer screen, like with right. your ear and read. I, I mean, <laughs> I live in Nashville now. How far is Oklahoma City? I might be able to hear the screams from OKC. Carry over into Tennessee. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree, though. I think it's at least a conversation they need to have. Hopefully, Westbrook takes the extent, uh, his contract, and it's not an issue. But we'll see on that front. The Trailblazers, we don't really need to spend any time on them because they have no free agents and they have no cap space. They completely ruined their cap sheet last summer with the deals for Alan Crabb, Myers Leonard, Evan Turner. So, Kelly, should they... Should they be trying to shed some of these bad contracts that they signed last summer? What type of assets would you want from the Blazers if you were going to, like, say the Bulls are going to get a salary dump for Alan Crabb or Evan Turner or Myers Leonard? What would you want in return for that? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) For Turner, I'd have to take a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Or Leonard, I don't know. I don't know. This, that's such a. It's so hard to say with these things. I think the the Trailblazers maybe should just stand pat. They played pretty well after the after the trade deadline. It's Nurkic. Yeah. Um, they do have their 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 taxpayer mid level exception. So maybe they can get somebody that can help uh help out a little bit on the defensive end. You know, like just a one-way player. We talked mm-hmm. about a guy that might that 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 might be able to a team that could use Tony Allen. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, mm-hmm. five million—that's like a lot more than than he might get with Memphis. And you know, they they really need perimeter defense and uh, the defensive mentality. I can see the Trailblazers doing well with Tony Allen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that play a lot. It, it, the question is. How much is Paul Allen willing to spend in a luxury tax? Because that team is going to be shelling out some well, crazy cash. Now, Paul Allen, he's almost broke. 
Yeah, right. That's twenty billion. Yeah, that's true. Like, if there's a guy that doesn't really have to worry about the luxury tax, it's Paul Allen. Uh, that is true. That's probably why they spent like drunk sailors last year. Um, okay, so let's finish up the free agency preview with the Denver Nuggets. Mason Plumley is their only restricted free agent. Danilo Gallinari is their big unrestricted free agent. They could have up to $40 million in cap space, or 39.8. Uh, so they've already been linked to Millsap, Blake Griffin, Paul George, and trade talks, free agency talks. So, Morton, of those three, which one would you prefer most next to Nikola Jokic? Paul George. Mm. Because he's he's younger than Millsap. He's better than both Millsap and Blake Griffin. So he fits into the age bracket better than those mm. two, at least. And he can stretch the court better than both of those guys as well. He's more dynamic. Mm-hmm. He's a more versatile wing defender. He, he just adds so much to everything. But it's probably not realistic. I, I honestly, I think I feel Denver is in a terrific position, but they are just looking for that final piece that just brings them into relevance, really. And and their main obstacle is how to get that player because they're not going to get him in free agency I don't think and let's be honest Paul Millsap is not going to be that guy because of his age Mm -hmm. they have so many young assets so they might be forced to actually trade their way to their superstar the one they covet so much and then Mm -hmm. actually use cap space to fill out the roster afterwards so right now they're trying Mm -hmm. to attack it from the reverse position that they probably should interesting yeah, and I mean, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I think Jokic can become a free agent after this year. So He was a second-round pick, they, so that yeah, makes sense. So this is like kind of their time to strike if they're going to use the cap space because he's most certainly getting a max deal next summer. Um, Kelly, I so... Actually, I really like Blake Griffin there. Yeah? Like, is he taking a meeting with them? Um, I haven't seen anything confirmed either way, but I would assume if he's going to the Suns, how are you not going to the Nuggets, right? And, you know, Griffin is such a good ball handler for a power forward and such a good passer. Yeah. And, and they've got, you know, and I just love the things you could do with Jokic and Griffin together. Mm -hmm. Like Jokic is, is... Like, he's no a level passer for uh, big man. He, he is such an exceptional passer. He's better than Noah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I Like, the best the best passing center I've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and Blake Griffin, even not as the primary ball handler, he averages like four or five assists every year. Like, mm-hmm. passing, passing is overlooked aspect of his game. Right. So how many backcourts... How are, how many how many front court tandems how many power forward center tandems can you think of where you could get like eleven or twelve assists a night? Yeah, right. Not many. the The concern for me is shooting, but you're right. I mean, if you just ignore shooting, you you have everything in that duo, like everything. You have rebounding, you have passing, you have the ability to run the floor. I mean, you you have virtually everything. Yeah. Rim protection yeah. might be an issue, but not well, a devastating what one. Might be an issue? Rim protection. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that they. Yeah, there's that. There's that. I I just, 
And the other thing is, is you know, I think it's just a matter of selling. If you can sell Griffin on it, yeah, like we could be the most exciting offense the league has seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, it would be. You know, we talk about positionless NBA. Like they really could just go without a de facto point guard. Like Jamal Murray, I guess, would be the nominal one. But mm-hmm. like, you know, if they have Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, small forward X. Blake Griffin, Nikola Jokic, like you don't know who's bringing the ball up at any one time because all four of those guys can really create offense for themselves and for others. And and just the 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 the, the, the plays you could create the the with the passing and the uh, like what the Warriors have shown us is when you have several guys on the court who can handle the ball and pass, mm-hmm. it's it just becomes very very hard to defend. And right. I think that also adds shooting because it adds space and it adds open shots and open shots are just better shots. Mm-hmm. So you see the the, 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 the shooting percentages go up. So I don't know. Who did they draft this year? I forget. They Well, they traded down and then they, they traded uh, for Trey Lyles and then the kid from Syracuse, Tyler Lydon. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Oh. So they, even if they signed Griffin, they looks like they'd still have ten million in cap space. Yeah, um, I think that. Yeah, I think that assumes they let well, Gallinari would they would rescind their rights to Gallinari, and then right. they would rescind their rights to Mason Plumley as well, or Wench. if they re- resigned Plumley cheap. When 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 you know, like if you lose those guys, so what? Yeah, um, Gallinari, I like, but I just. Only when he's on the court, when it seems to be like twenty five percent of the time. Yeah. Uh, if they, I, I don't know. Like if they could keep him, he is a good shooter, and he's actually kind of fits in with that whole positionless thing we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But you know, if they could offer and get get another another wing with that ten million, like I, I could see Denver really being a good team next year. They 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 could be fun. I'd love to see them get Blake. I'd love that. Yeah, I mean, we you know we talked about C.J. Miles earlier, but guy like P.J. Tucker, James Johnson, yeah, uh, they have Wilson Chandler already. So you know, if Gallo leaves, you figure he'd be the starting three. But yeah, they've got some really interesting pieces. They are an under the radar team that could get good very quickly. Um, and I think if they if they sell Blake Griffin on that, they just say right. you you can be the best player on an elite team if you come sign with us and there's no other team that's pursuing you that you can make that claim you might be able to be on other elite teams but you won't be the featured player right so yeah yeah that'd be fun they're gonna be a good one to watch heading into free agency and remember 30 minutes ago we were talking about the kings hopefully not doing something stupid (laughs) they do something Uh, they have not yet officially, but according to Leo B's of Cowboy Kingdom, Jeff Teague and the Kings do have mutual interest as free agency approaches. So uh, we'll see what happens on that front. I'm sure oh. midnight tonight is going to be pretty lit, guys. Uh, so Did let's end. Do have the same agent by any chance? <laughs> I, I hope not. <laughs> um, all right. Let's, you know what? We can table the Phil Jackson talk till next time because it sounds like. The search is just wide open at this point, and I'm seeing conflicting reports um, about, you know, Masai Ujiri of Toronto was at first atop their wish list. Now it seems like they're going hard after David Griffin. 
who the Cavs <laughs> unceremoniously just axed. Uh, so we'll we'll wait to talk about Phil until um, they you know maybe the Knicks hire someone soon. So let's end with some free agency hot takes. Uh, so Kelly, you already dropped one earlier. Do you have any others? I'm just I'm the the Chicago Bulls will sign somebody over thirty to a big contract. <laughs> Yes, they will. Like they're already rumored to Milos like Teodios. Oh, good. There you go. Yeah, they're all uh, right. Teodosic. Uh, Milos Teodosic from uh, Moscow. Yeah. yeah, he's he's 30. He's a point guard slash shooting guard. So obviously, if he's a point guard, he's the fourth point guard of the future. <laughs> oh, my God. Acquired. Yeah. They're going to guard max it up. They're... They, they ha- Anytime they take a move in the right direction, they have to take a bigger move in the wrong direction. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I really hope. Have they officially weighed Rondo yet? I don't think so, right? No, but today's the deadline. Yeah. Okay. Um, where, do you have any hot takes? I have one that is extremely, extremely hot. Hit us. So, you know, we all we all talk about Team Banana Boat. Yeah. They are going to end up with the Houston Rockets. Three, three of that, mm-hmm. you know, three, three of those guys are end up going to end up in Houston by March, because Dwayne Wade is getting bought out. Melo is getting bought out. Melo is going to swallow whatever issues he had with D'Antoni to join a greater cost. They're going to sign on for practically nothing. And then in 2018, LeBron is looking at the, that roster and he says, okay, so I can have Team Banana Boat and James Harden sign me the hell up. So this Chris Paul acquisition was step one in a much, much larger scheme. And the mm-hmm. reason I say that is because Daryl Morey more or less indicated a while back that we're going to go crazy. We're going to do mm-hmm. something insane. Well, you know what? This would be it. I like that. I mean, it seems possible. Uh, yeah, I mean, if they can make it work, and Chris Paul will be a free agent, so he could take less money than the max mm-hmm. next year, that would be pretty fun. So Man. you'll have Wade as a super sub, and the yeah. and the starting lineup would be Paul, Harden, LeBron, oh, Melo, LeBron, Capella, and cool. then Wade as a super sub off the bench. So you basically assemble 2008 or 2012 Team USA yep. on, on the Rockets roster. Damn. Does Chris Bosch come out of retirement and sign up? <laughs> He's hope, not man. on Team Banana Boat, so he can't. Yeah. It's against the it's against Team Banana Boat rules. The real question is, does Gabby Union get hired as an assistant coach? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going for pure pandemonium tonight. Right, I'm saying Gordon Hayward goes to Boston, Gallo goes to Miami, JJ Redick and Patty Mills are going to the Sixers, Paul George is going to the Rockets, they're going to trade for him, Paul Millsap going to the Nuggets, George Hill to the Spurs, Blake Griffin to the Suns, let's shake some shit up NBA, it's been a fun few weeks, I'm ready for some madness, uh, and yeah, I, I think... The next couple days, if anyone's got big July 4th plans, cancel them because it sounds like Gordon Hayward's decision might come on the 4th. Um, so, as always, I hope everyone enjoys this time of year. It's, it's like NBA Christmas. Um, so, again, wanted to thank you all for listening 
today and hope you enjoyed our preview of the Western Conference Free Agency Madness that's about to unfold. Kelly, before we sign off, can you remind our listeners one more time where they can find your work on Twitter and then where they can find your work on the internet webs as well? Uh, my Twitter is Kelly Scaletta, just my name. And my uh, you can find my work at Bleacher Report and FanRag. Great. Awesome. Yeah, so give, give Kelly a follow on Twitter. He's a great follow, smart Bulls and Rockets guy especially. Um, until puns. next... Yeah, and yeah, lots of bad puns as well. Uh, until next time, I'm Brian Tapork. Uh, make sure you check us out on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find all of our uh, Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can find us this year on iTunes as well, so check us out there. Subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we are being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FanRag NBA. We will hopefully be back later this weekend with some reaction to some egregious deals signed at 12.01 a.m. Saturday. So until next time, I'm Brian Tapork. I was joined by Morton Jensen and Kelly Scaletta. Have a good one, you two. Enjoy the madness. You too, Brian. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Total Wine & More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine & More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big, friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in-store or online at TotalWine.com. Welcome to Total Wine & More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine & More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big, friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in-store or online at TotalWine.com. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.